Five, four, three, two. Let's go, Steven. The first day of fall. We're a couple days late for this song, but that's okay. Do you remember? It's one of my first night in September. Let's go, Steven. Sorry, you can take the chorus. I don't think I know the song. It's a classic. All right, here you go, Steven. This is all you. <laughs> okay. I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> all right, take it away. Here you go. late in using that song, but that's okay. Uh, that's we'll a completely different vibe from the movie. <laughs> well, I couldn't find a, a song that matched the vibe, so. I was going to play Drake, because it's been 10 years since uh, Nothing Was the Same came out, but uh, I decided that was really off, of the, off the vibe, though. So. Oh yeah, this one fit a little bit better. Just a little bit. We talked about it before, but that's like one of those songs that like the vibes in the studio just had to be like immaculate. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that in uh Love Roller Coaster too in our Yeah Final Destination three episode. Great vibes all around in the studio. Oh yeah. So, um welcome to episode one hundred and thirty six of Santa Mira After Dark. I'm Jeremy. I'm Steven. And happy fall, everybody. As uh, as of the day of recording, it's the first day of fall. So Happy fall. It's an exciting time around here. Um, mm-hmm. So this is the, uh, the last pick of... Uh, what, what were we calling it? Steven's September Spectacle, something like that. Yeah, something like that, where Steven picks the movie. It wasn't even an official title. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we changed it a little bit every single week, but... <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, Steven picked every single movie in the month of September. We talked about A Happy Death Day to You, Chapter 2, Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, and uh, what are we talking about today? We're talking about Sinister today. Yes. Yes, we're talking about Sinister from Lord's Year, 2012. Uh, directed by Scott Derrickson, who uh, directed previous episode, The Black Phone. And, uh, mm-hmm. I like that movie. It kind of soured on me a little bit over time, but... Yeah, you hate that movie. I don't hate it at all, but... <laughs> <laughs> I 
uh, directed uh, the exorcism of <laughs> the, the exorcism of Emily Rose, which is a very good movie from what I remember. I have um, never seen that. Deliver us from evil from uh, 2014. That's another uh, underrated horror gem. I have seen that. Yeah, that's a. It was not bad. Um, so, yeah, it's okay. Hellraiser Inferno. That's one I have not seen. Uh, Doctor Strange is another one in his filmography. And... Huh. Yeah. Um, he's <laughs> like one of those uh, horror directors that uh, was just brought on to do a big budget Marvel or DC movie. We talked about it a couple weeks ago with uh, uh, Andy Buschetti, who was brought on to direct Flash after his... Uh, experience with the, the it movies and i feel like there was another one too um oh uh shazam uh what's his name the guy who directed both shazam movies um i'm gonna pull it up he direct oh uh, david sandberg he directed uh lights out and annabelle creation oh and was brought on to direct shazam movies so i don't know where oh. it comes from but it seems He's like all the good ones uh, except for Shazam 2. That's, that wasn't too good. But... It would have been. I love how that movie turns into like a... Kind of like a... Um... Like uh, a is mess. It, is, is it Skittles? Is that what it is? Like a Skittles commercial? I couldn't remember what food it was. I think so. Yeah, it just turns into a Skittles commercial at one point. But... Yeah, that's, uh, it's not a good one. But... <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, Sinister also stars Ethan Hawke, obviously, who... Not to be confused with Matthew McConaughey or Kevin Bacon. I'm, I'm glad you said that, because for some reason, I thought it might have been Kevin Bacon in this movie, but it was not. Um, I remembered it being Ethan Hawke for the longest time, but for some reason I was like, was that Ethan Hawke or Kevin Bacon? <laughs> <laughs> uh... Juliet Rylance is in here, Vincent D'Onofrio, and James Ranson is in here, who was also in mm -hmm. It Chapter 2, episode from a few weeks ago. I thought he was in this movie more, but I think he's in the second one more. Yeah, I think he's like a main character in the second movie. Yeah. I'm looking at his character name in Sinister 2 right now, and it says Ex-Deputy So-and-So. That's literally his character name. Yeah, because his name in this movie is Deputy So-and-So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't remember the second movie at all. Um, I just remember it not being as good as this one. I remember a good amount of it, I think. Okay. So, um, to, to match the theme of recording this episode, I'm currently recording in a very dark room because... Seems like this movie is uh, allergic to lights. It seems. Um, well, in their defense, they were paying for two mortgages, so no lights. That's what I was gonna say. It seems like they have like a very low electricity bill. Like I'm jealous. Um, it'd be like nighttime, and they'll just be crammed in a corner with like one one lamp on in the room and 
yeah it, it's it's so weird like i remember yeah. even watching this because i did not see this in theaters but i saw it on blu-ray and i tried watching it during the day when i got it on blu-ray years ago and you just can't do it <laughs> <laughs> it's like possible to watch during the day like i watched it during the day this time and I had to like close all the curtains, turn all the lights off for it to even be watchable because <laughs> everything's just I do that on purpose because the movie feels scarier in the dark. I think so, but it's like a, I don't know. It's just weird. W way too dark for my liking. Like, I don't know. It's, it's a weird aesthetic choice to just have everything so dark. Even See, like I when just watched that night with the lights out so I didn't really notice it. Yeah, that that would be the time to watch it, but unfortunately I not do that. So I had to watch it at two o'clock in the afternoon and uh in oh, yeah, your bedtime's like seven. Well I wake up at two in the morning to go to work. So <laughs> <laughs> um would you like to give a brief plot description on Sinister? So this movie follows a writer who is looking for his next big hit so he moves him and his family into this house where a murder has taken place so he could write about it yes a uh, kind of a questionable choice um yeah yeah and... i don't know why you move into the house but why don't you just investigate like nearby yeah or would he have not gotten the videotapes he didn't know he was getting the videotapes, so that doesn't really help because he didn't know the videotapes were going to be there. They're like, there's videotapes in this house if you want to investigate it, but you have to buy the house. <laughs> you have to buy the house and have two mortgages to to get the tapes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a weird decision, but did um was this like the the first one in like series of horror movies where it became like a uh, trope where a white family moves into a haunted house and they have no problem with it. Or like they're unaware. I know like Amityville was the first one to do it. But like did this start the the trend? Maybe. Well, he knew. The wife had no idea. Yeah. But like I'm, I'm talking about like how it became just like a meme or something that a family moves into a house because I know like this movie did it and then The Conjuring did it and it was just like off to the races after that where like <laughs> a bunch of horror movies yeah. were doing it. Like I, I know the family didn't know but like I feel like this was the first one where it became a uh, like a it, it, it started the trend I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this was the first one. I know Amityville obviously started it in the 70s, but yeah, I don't know. Just just the thought I had it. It, it was in my notes because I was like, is this? I think, was this, I think was this? so. Okay. Speaking of starting trends, this is like early Blumhouse. And uh, this was around the time where they didn't quite. They, they weren't as big as they are now, obviously. Like, this was probably like the start of Blumhouse era. I know they did like Lords of Salem in the same year. Um, they had Whiplash for some reason. It was a an odd choice, but 
And I, I don't it's know if they did anything. No. <laughs> it seems like it. Um, I don't know if they did the first Insidious movie. I'm not sure. I know they eventually got the rights to Insidious because I think the new ones are Insidious. But yeah, I don't know. Just uh, it was just interesting to, to go back and think like this was the beginning of the Blumhouse era, and yeah, you know, to to see like where they are now, where like they got the rights to Halloween and the Exorcist. Like, yeah, a couple weeks they're doing the Exorcist. And yeah, I don't know. It's just a, just interesting to look back and think of like where they came from. But all right, so what do we think of Sinister? I think it's scary. I think it's very scary. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like I, I didn't have the privilege to watch it at nighttime because, like we said, my bedtime is seven p.m. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah. There's a lot of like haunting imagery, and and I think the reason we picked this episode is because it came up a few weeks ago in conversation about how, uh, might have been last week actually, about how scary some of these mm-hmm. scenes are. Like, it's essentially like you're watching snuff films, like in in the universe where, yeah, like families are killed, and you just have to sit with like these very long snuff films where you just watch families uh, die. Yeah. <laughs> and I, <laughs> once we get into the spoiler section, I want to like talk about each one of these snuff films and I want every bloody detail to be discussed. And I want to talk about which one's the best and why. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> which one's the best and why? Yeah. I want like every bloody detail discussed every blood drop to be dissected every flame flame to be talked about okay uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh anyway the you know i i think some of the the plot in the story is like very convenient like the professor who's brought in the movie in like the last half hour to just kind of be like hey this is our villain this is what he does and I'll see you guys later, and then he just leaves. That's kind of convenient, and I don't necessarily yeah. like that. But you know, for the most part, I think this is a, a very solid modern day horror movie. I like uh, how it's partially found footage. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I didn't even piece that together. And I love how like the the opening of the movie starts off with the family being hung by or hung in a on a tree and it's like yeah this is what we're uh this is what what, what we're getting into just yeah uh, just a nice uh a, a solid way to start the movie i think and like the sound design in this movie i think is very uh underappreciated like the sound in especially in the snuff films is very unsettling and I feel like I like the music. What's that? Like the music. Yeah, like the music, like the the sound effects you hear in these snuff films. Like it's, I don't know, just, just very unsettling. And the song that they play in the uh, the end credits of this movie, 
has mm-hmm. stuck with me like since I seen this movie like ten years ago, and like it it happens a lot where like the song will come to me in my mind and I'll be like, where the heck is that song from? Like I, do, do you know what song I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because I heard the counting in it. I was counting. Yeah, like you hear a little kid counting. I didn't even notice that. I was just talking about like the beginning of the the song in the credits. Like that that part's the main part that stuck with me. Because I let and... I let the song play. I let the credits play for a minute. Okay, you wanted to. I thought I heard counting in the um in the song when it was in the movie. I was like, let me let me listen. And okay. yeah, I heard, I heard it. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't even notice that. You just wanted to uh, make sure you paid uh, respect to everybody who was in the movie. You wanted to read all, yeah. their names, read all their names off. I did not make it through the whole credits. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and I think like a lot of the uh, like exposition is a bit too um, convenient, I guess. Not convenient, but it's like spelled out like in a dumb fashion where it's like they're connecting the pieces on or I'm sorry, Ethan Hawke's character, Ellison, which is an obnoxious name. Um Ellis. Yeah. Um he's I guess that was taken, so you just have to add Ellison. Yeah. Or they wanted a girl and thought they were having a girl the whole time and were so set on Allison. Oh, I like it. Only to be shocked <laughs> when <laughs> they didn't have a girl. Yeah, they gave birth to a boy. Or getting a little controversial on this, but maybe Allison was born a female and transitioned maybe to a male and just took on the name Ellison because it was close to her her previous name or his previous name, I should say. Nice. I think, I think that's where we're going. I like it. We're, we've we've cracked it. Um, <laughs> that was the big mystery of the movie. Yeah, we we've cracked it. Because I've I, I've never heard the name Ellison before, and it's just obnoxious. <laughs> and I haven't heard it since. Yeah. Like I saw it on the subtitles, and I was like, Ellison, is that right? And yeah, I I looked up the cast list, and that that was it. But. Hmm. Like some of his notes that he leaves are like super kind of like basic and like spelled out to the audience. And it's like, like he'll be watching a tape and his notes will be like, where's Sarah? And it's like, well, that's the, <laughs> that's the <laughs> question of what you're trying to crack. Because I guess the, the idea is that he, is living in the house where the family was killed and the daughter went missing. And we find out that that's happened to a lot of these families. And you know, that's how it, um, that's how this thing happens is that it, uh, kind of, uh, I guess takes the child, I guess. And like, it's the child to kill the family. And then Bagul takes the child into his, like, Wherever he goes, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's like 
that the the case that Ellison is trying to solve is like what happened to the girl Sarah, and what he does is like he's just taking notes on what he's watching, and his notes are where Sarah, <laughs> and it's like like we know. That's literally why you're here, like why you moved into the house. I don't know why you're keeping like the most basic notes ever, but <laughs> just so we had a good memory of it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it it seemed like it was just to ensure the audience of like what he's actually doing here. Like we got to make sure the audience knows like why he's watching the tapes and what he's doing. Yeah, just make some of the most basic notes ever. Um. How do you feel about Bagul as a horror movie villain slash icon? I like him. He kind of think... looks like he is part of a screamo band. Oh yeah, like but... a like a lost member of Corn or something. <laughs> but I still like him, <laughs> despite. <laughs> like when um. Like in uh, throughout time, Bagul kind of like abducted children and whatnot, but then he decided to join Corn for a little bit. And then once Corn kind of started falling off, he went back to his ways. And that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. I like these. Uh, like like non- Bagul is pretty much this demon that eats children. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's like I'm, I'm. I'm very surprised that this character didn't take off as like more than he did, as there's only two yeah, sinister movies somehow. Yeah, they never made a third one. They it's, like, it's like how many, like how many horror movies, you know, despite the um, reviews or, or and everything, like many horror movies still kind of like kept on with their iconic characters just because they were iconic. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we got, speaking of, we got saw 10 coming out next week. So like that became iconic despite some of the movies not being good at all. And like the diminishing returns in the box office. And it's like, don't, I just don't understand how you don't capitalize on such a, like a cool character like this. Like he, he is kind of like, Basic and, uh, you know, not, um, it's where I'm looking for, like generic, I guess, but I think he still works. Like he's even like the, the monster at the end of insidious, like that franchise still found its way to keep moving on. And then he came back, even though he's kind of like just Darth Maul, essentially. Mm-hmm. I think there's only so much with them maybe that's why i mean i think you just gotta like reinvent the the character even like in like the the snuff films like there's like five prequels right there that you could essentially make like yeah you do like sinister like you know how um like fear street kind of just they were called Fear Street, and then like the year the movie took place, you could do that, like Sinister nineteen sixty six, Sinister nineteen eighty seven, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's I never did watch the third Fear Street. It's um, 
That's the one where they go back into like the 1600s, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I only watched the first. Yeah, the I I only remember the first one really. I know the second one's like a summer camp thing. I only really remember the first one, but Netflix is really dropping the ball by not capitalizing on that because that's such a unique idea that actually got them a lot of uh, like a lot of views on it. Surprisingly. Um, speaking of, do you, remember that movie that I sent you a couple weeks ago? Uh, we were talking about it. What's it called? Oh, the third Saturday in October. The third Saturday in October. Yeah. I don't think I remember that one. Okay, well, it's, um, they have like two, two of them actually, and one came out last year, and I think the other one came out. I think they both came. Oh out last wait, year. I think I, I think I do remember. Yeah, and like second one is called Part Five. <laughs> it's like yeah, third Saturday in October, Part Five. That's such a unique way to tell the story of a slasher movie because the one that says Part Five, they're acting as if parts one through four already happened, and it's mm. like you're you're jumping into a slasher movie with Part Five, and that's such like a unique thing to do for a horror movie. I don't know, the, the, the whole sinister conversation with sinister 1966. Let me think of that. Right. I don't know. I might be irritated watching that. I mean, I don't know if it actually like works. Like I haven't seen them. It reminded me of the days of like buying a DVD and seeing like part or like like you go to the wherever to buy DVDs and you just get like Friday the Thirteenth Part Six or something, and mm-hmm. it's like you just start with that movie. That's kind of what it reminded me of because I did that and I bought Part Part Six, and that's kind of why I have a soft spot for that movie. And that's kind of what it reminds me of, or like watching um, Halloween Four on AMC. And you're just stuck with that one because it's the, um, it's the one that's on. Yeah, just the one that's on AMC. So, I'm with those movies. Yeah, I plan on checking them out. Uh, they're only an hour and a half long, so that might be like a solid October watch or something, like Halloween season. Mm-hmm. Maybe watch them on the third Saturday in October. I like it. Thanks. All right. Would you like to jump into the spoiler section? Yeah. Oh, I thought we were already in there. We were, but I'm just going to play the drop just for the heck of it. Not the safe bitches got a lot to say. We uh, pretty much were in the spoiler section, so it is what it is. Um, All right. So we, uh, I guess... We talked about early Blumhouse. That's in my notes. Uh, we talked about uh, the origin of the name Ellison, which is the only thing I had in my notes is that Ethan Hawke plays Ellison because I thought it was a weird name. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we talked about his notes being basic, which are what my notes are, ironically enough. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the the snuff films in this movie, the main attraction, if you will. Oh yeah. All right, so we're gonna dive into every gory detail of these snuff films. 
not really, but um Well there's what four of them? Um I think there's uh five of them actually, and then and then there's the uh sixth one so i have the names of them right here this the sixth one is the one that i that eventually turns into the ending of the movie so um these actually would be uh cool titles for the for the movie as well because the one's called lawn work 86 <laughs> and it's like imagine if <laughs> you just put that as like the subtitle of every film like sinister lawn work 86 <laughs> uh, there's Sleepy Time 98, Pool Party 66, Barbecue 79, and Family Hanging Out. And there's a year on that, but I'm not sure what it is. I can't see it. Mm. Um, right, so uh, the, the first film I guess we could talk about is... The uh, hold on, I'm pulling it, I'm pulling them all up now, so I, I don't get confused on which ones I'm talking about. All right, so Barbecue '79 is the one where the I think it's the oh yeah, the one where they're burned alive in the in the garage. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, so, would, that would make sense. Yeah. And yeah, this one's weird because it's like they chain the car. <laughs> Did you notice yeah. that there were like chains wrapped around the car? Until they came out. I thought it was going to be like a carbon monoxide poisoning situation, but the um, yeah, they set the car on fire, and I want I want to rank the five films, but when we're when when we're when we're done with this, so I want to I want to hear your least favorite and your favorite one. So okay. Um, yeah, so the family's tied up into in the car, and then they're burned alive in the garage. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh... That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so Sleepy Time 98. It says, um... <clears throat> this is when... This one's kind of the most tame one, I think. This is mm-hmm. the one where you, uh see like the the pov of the the killer and he's walking through the house and slicing the throats of the people in the family yeah probably the most realistic one but like also you know kind of kind of tame compared to the other ones but still mm-hmm. you know it, it it is kind of uh unsettling to think about someone just walking through your house and slicing your throat while you're sleeping you know yeah, no one wants definitely that. questionable. No one wants that done to him. No. All right, so then we got a family hanging out 11. So this one took place a year before the movie. So this one we see like a bunch of times. Yeah, the one that opens the film. So keep in mind, <laughs> this movie takes place in 2012. The family was literally hung a year ago. And, you know. Ethan hmm. Hawke is like, I'm going to get into that house and I'm going to solve the murder. I don't care what, what happened there. There's even that shot of, like, the tree branch being down at the, um, you know, at the scene of the murder. So, like... Oh, yeah. 
I don't know. I feel like in the crime scene investigation, they probably would have done something with the branch. I don't think they would have left it there in the same exact position that it was. But, yeah. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we see a like unseeable person like cutting the branch down, and once the branch falls, it causes the the rope to lift up, and then all four members of the family are hung on the tree. It's, uh... Yeah. And they can't it's see what's happening. One. Yeah, they can't see what's happening because they have, like, bags over their heads or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. Alright, so spoiler alert, this one's my favorite one. Pool Party 66. Um, I think this is the creepiest one. Um, yeah, I think so too. Possibly because this is the first one that you see Bugul in. I think that might be why. Mm-hmm. But it's always the one that stuck with me. So it's the family tied to chairs. And one by one, they're pulled into the pool. And, you know, they just drown to death. And, you know, one, it's like... It plays into, like, that fear that everybody has of drowning. And, two, like I said, it's the first time we see Bugle here. So, just, uh... Mm-hmm. I don't know, just... It's just, um, like, standing in the water. Yeah, and... Yeah, like you said, he's he's not only standing there, but he's standing underwater. <laughs> and it's like, well... Kind of, it's like the reveal that he... It isn't the person doing this, it's more of like a, something supernatural that is mm-hmm. doing this. So, And then we have uh, Lawn Work 86, which uh, is, is effective for one because it's, I think it's the only one of these tapes that has like a jump scare. Yeah. Because it's playing and then we just see the lawnmower like going. And then it hits a body, and there's, like, this loud, like, noise that plays, and, yeah, it's the, uh... And Ellison is terrified. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I want to hear a ranking of these, uh, these tapes for you, so. Jeez, I don't remember the names. Um, probably the pool party. Okay, we we could agree with that. Number two, I would say Sleepy Time. Okay. Um, number three would be Hanging. Okay. Number four would be Barbecue. And then five would be... No, I'm going to switch that. Number... Four would be the lawnmower, and then five would be barbecue. Okay. Yeah, we we have the same ranking, actually, except I would switch family hanging out. I'd put that at two. And put the throat slicing one at three. I think that's what I got. So, yeah. Just, uh... I don't know. Like you said, it, it, it uh... Like, it, it works because it's, um... You know, like a found footage movie inside of this actual movie. Not to say found footage movies mm-hmm. are fake, but it's like 
found footage inside of a, a, a of an actual movie and it just plays off as I don't know, it's just it's just really effective and I think it's um I think it works out pretty well. So uh getting off of the, the snuff films for a bit, I do like how they established that the police aren't gonna be of any help to them <laughs> for the most part. Because yeah. because Ellison is this um like true crime writer and his like he pretty much writes books about how the police are wrong about cases and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And like I guess they take it as he comes to the town to kind of uh trash on them. Yeah, trash on them and prove them wrong and show that like they messed up the case and he's gonna solve it himself and the while well, the police can't. And they establish it very early because um, the sheriff is like, we um, like we know what you're doing. We don't like your work. You only really thank the police in one of your books. And we're not going to be of any help to you because we don't appreciate you moving into this house. So, yeah, like you <laughs> could, you know, like when he finds these tapes, it's like he could call the police but they do cover their bases and are like, yeah, the police aren't going to be of much help here. So, yeah, I just think mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a nice uh, addition to the movie. And then we have Deputy So-and-so, who uh, is a big he's fan. fan. He's a big fan of Ellison. And uh, especially of his book, Kentucky Blood, that, um, you know, 10 years prior, I guess, made him famous. And he hasn't been able to, you know, kind of make a book as successful as that. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, like... that must be the book that made his 15 minutes. Yeah, and I, I like how, you know, it, it it's a once successful writer who is trying to, you know, get back on his feet. And they even established that, like, they're struggling for money. And, you know, not struggling enough that they... Can't afford two mortgages, but <laughs> like, well, well, it's still struggling. Yeah, but it's like it's it's Ellison's fault, <laughs> pretty you know? much, because it's like you could have solved the case not living here. <laughs> yeah, they could have. If they had to move, they could have moved into town. I, I don't know. I don't even think they had to move into town. Like, <laughs> I understand like why he's here and everything, because there has to be a movie. But it's such a bad plot convenience that he would have to, you know, be involved in. This. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I I don't think he would have to move into into town or into the house. But I don't know. So, uh, I know everybody else did that within tapes. Yeah, and you know, I like how I like how they actually do that because there's a lot of horror movies where people move into a haunted house and it's like, why don't you move out? And you know, this movie is smarter than most, I guess, because they're like, you know, it's first off it covers the bases with the cops, and then it's like family actually does move out. Yeah, and 
And yeah, it's like, well, that doesn't even help here. But it is a nice, you know, thing that they do that they move out of the house. It's just a, a smart play on this, uh, this trope that families tend to stay in the haunted house. So They sure do. I don't know that I would. <laughs> the, no, first, you... like, the first thump that I'm leaving. Um, yeah, probably. I, I've always been scared that I'm going to move into a haunted house. Um, there, there was one night where in the house you live in now, actually, where we were talking about how there were demons in the house and then a mirror fell off the wall. <laughs> like, oh, thanks. Like shortly after. But yeah. I don't think you've had many issues, though. No. Any, any entities or anything? Probably just woke him up, but, <laughs> but that's all right. It's fine. I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> um, so, do you know what the significance is that the that Bagul makes these kids draw draw out the crime scene? No, probably just for aesthetics. <laughs> As I think it's interesting because they they say that he like he was erased from history pretty much, which I love that backstory that Bagul was just gonna be erased from history because he was such evil entity that like pictures of him could bring yeah. him out or could suck people in or what whatever maybe. And I think yeah, but I so that's why I kinda think that the kids drawing him because he's trying to like open more gateways. Mm-hmm. Maybe. That's essentially what they say it is, because when the professor that would make sense. the professor comes in conveniently toward the end of the movie and kind of spells out Buggle's origin and his backstory. Yeah, he was erased from history and his uh pictures were erased because people realized that like his uh like pictures of him or a gateway. So yeah, he was mm-hmm. just a race mystery. Such a interesting backstory. Um I also like there was a questionable decision that uh Ellison did. There's there's a great jump scare where when Ellison is uh he like prints out pictures of Bagul in these in these films and he holds it up to the scene of the hanging, and then when he mm-hmm. bring when he brings the picture down, Bagul is standing there, and it's like a jump scare. So oh, yeah. he goes out to investigate, and he finds his son Trevor out there. And it's an interesting choice or a bizarre choice because there's like these like creepy kids standing behind Ellison, and these dogs are barking at him, and. Ellison thinks that the dog's barking at him, but he's actually barking at the kids. He gets the dog to go away, because he's like, I just want my bat. The dog runs away, somehow understands that... He just wanted the bat. (laughs) There's a a misunderstanding here. The dog runs away. Oh yeah, we're cool. Dog runs away, and he still leaves the bat behind. (laughs) It's like, that was... Oh yeah, he uh, does. That was your, uh, you know, that was your 
chance to grab the bat, but he doesn't do it. Um, there was so too there's... much frightening going on. Yeah. Um, I also like how there's like that weird like occult symbol that's left behind in these scenes, and that's that's where like deputy so-and-so comes in to help with the case or like he thinks he's helping with the case and first he's Ellison, been a service well ellison first pushes him away and is like hey this is my private chambers uh you have to go back to where you came from and not help me but then he ends up knowing the professor at the uh university that is that studies the occult i guess and mm -hmm. And, like, that's how, I guess, it's a ghoul symbol, and, like, this is, a, this is a demon that hasn't been seen in centuries, and here's the convenient backstory for a ghoul that you guys need to know, and I'll see you guys later. But see you in part two. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It, I didn't also... actually watch part two with this one, but I remember it not feeling as dark. Yeah, I don't even remember um, any of like the Super 8 footage. Like, does that happen in the second movie? Yeah. Okay. I don't even remember that. I'm, I'm definitely going to check out part two after watching this one, but I don't remember that thing at all. It'll be interesting to go back and check it out. I do remember the deputy being in it, and uh -huh. Letterboxd, he is top build in this in that movie, so I don't know. We'll see, I guess. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know how it's I feel about nice it. It's always nice to see him. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like him in this movie. I liked him in It Chapter 2. Yeah. Um... How do you feel about, like, the... Because it seems like the, the last 30 minutes of the movie are more jump-scared-centric than the first mm -hmm. and the first hour of the movie. How do you feel about that? Well, I will tell you, I, I already knew what was coming at the end. So I was like, I am not looking at the TV. Because, <laughs> because he's, oh, not getting, he's not you, getting me. I mean, like, the final shot. Yeah. I actually forgot about that when he pops out. Um... I do think it's a little cheap, but I mean, it's the end of the movie, so I don't really care. I just think that was, I don't think that was canon in the movie. I think it was just like, Bug will pop it in and be like, all right, movie's, o movie's over, guys. <laughs> Credits are coming. I'm pretty sure he does it in both movies. Well, there's a, um, th there was like a list of like the scariest movies of all time, according to like, Heart rate monitors, and mm -hmm. apparently this is on record of being the scariest movie ever. Hmm. And I, I mean, think I think that's because of the jump scares that happen. And yeah. Because they they judged it based on like hooking people up to check their heart rates and stuff. So I think that's where it came in, where it was like we'll check, like the 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 jump scares obviously boost your heart rate, and I think that played a big factor into this being scariest movie of all time. As I think it's up there still. 
Yeah, it's definitely scary and unsettling, but I think the jump scares played a big part in that. But yeah, I mean, we definitely established that the Super 8 footage is great and unsettling, so that plays a big part in it as well. But then when you add the jump scares on top of that, it probably um, puts it above, the puts it above <laughs> a lot of movies. Because, you know, there are movies that I would consider scarier than this, like. I don't know, like The Strangers, for example, or like Halloween and Psycho for their time. Those were probably scarier than this. Hmm. But they don't, they don't have the jump scares that this movie does, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that played a big a, a big factor in that. Um, would you say this is scarier than Halloween? Probably. Okay. I think it's because we're desensitized to horror movies. But, like, <laughs> re- realistically, it's, like... The situation of Halloween is definitely a lot scarier than this, I feel. Because this is more realistic... Or, not this. Halloween is more realistic. This is more, like, mm-hmm. supernatural, so... Well, I know I said last week that... When stuff's found footage, it feels more real. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So I haven't found, found footage kick all week. Oh yeah, you have. Um, what have you? Uh, what have you gone through? The paranormal Activity movies, pretty much. Oh, so you've been on a Paranormal Activity kick? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess we could wrap this up and talk about the ending of the movie. So they move back into their old house and. Deputy calls and says... I like says, how Deputy was... Or not the deputy, the guy was like, alright, so you're leaving town so you won't be getting a ticket. <laughs> oh, yeah, the police are like, uh... Yeah. It's like, alright, well, just go under the speed limit till you get to this, the county line and then you're... you're not and then my, do whatever you want. <laughs> you're not my responsibility anymore, just get out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like leaving town in the middle of the night probably raise suspicion <laughs> yeah especially the circumstances involving this and the police already don't like him yeah it was definitely suspicious i feel like them giving him some problems might have i mean I... the movie's already a little, little bit long anyway but i don't know it would have been interesting to see the police give them some problems that would have been another interesting layer to this because then it's well, like he was being chased out of town by a mob. Oh yeah, you're right. Because he says something like, um, "I don't want to hear about being chased out. You being chased out of town in your new book." And he says there isn't going to be a book. So I was yeah. so mad at him. Like it was funny though, because I knew his wife and him were going to get into an argument about the house when he said, "No, I promise we're not." living next to the house they died in because they're living in the house that they are in. Yeah. Out. <laughs> he uses that as an excuse. Yeah, and that he's like, well, it didn't happen in the house, so we're safe. And she's, like, oh, where... <laughs> she's like, oh, where did it happen? Outside. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. In the yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's I... awful. 
<laughs> he he's he, he reminds me of uh, a guy from Halloween Six who moves his family into the Myers house. <laughs> yeah, and it's like he only did it because um his brother who runs Strode Realty couldn't sell the house. <laughs> So he got it for like a deal from his brother. <laughs> like, alright, well the, the the Michael Myers murders happened here, but okay. But that's all right. It's okay, our house payment's pretty low, so I'll know. take it. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how much Big John and Little John paid for the Myers house. I don't know. They did very good renovation though. Yeah. I wonder if it was worth it. Like No. <laughs> like if you got a house for cheap and you lived like a, a happy fulfilling life is it worth it to die early at the hands of the person who used to live there hmm what I'm saying it's a something to think about it is like if if you were given like your dream house and it was like alright well murder happened here You'll be left alone for the next 30 years, but then you're going to meet violent death at the hands of the person who used to live here. <laughs> Would you take it? Probably not. Okay. Something to think about. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, that'd be... Uh, I'm probably going to put a poll on Instagram. Something like that. <laughs> I want to... I wanna oh, yeah. I want to I wanna hear people chime in on this on this question. Um, it's definitely a good question. Yeah. All right, so uh, where are we at? So the deputy calls Ellison and is like, he, uh, you know, all, all these murders happened and the families that died, like, I guess they trace back, so it's like they lived in the house of the previous death and then they moved. It's it's a weird thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I'm pretty sure. I don't know if the map. I thought that was gonna be making out like his symbol or something. That'd be interesting. But it doesn't no, it, seem like that's what happened. It seemed like they just kind of lived in each other's houses. <laughs> yeah, it goes uh, countrywide, so there's there's yeah. no like pattern or anything. It's just like cross country. <laughs> um. And they're like, well, you didn't, uh, you know, you just sped up the process, so you're going to die. <laughs> Pretty much. And then when he gets <laughs> off the phone, he realizes that his daughter drugged his uh, coffee or whatever. Very obviously, because there's a green in the coffee, and it's like, you didn't realize yeah. there, was, there was green in your coffee when you were drinking it? What a psycho. Um, yeah. And... I was kind of disappointed in this because they don't show like daughter actually killing them. It's kind of just more hinted. Yeah. And it uh also plays into like uh you know like fifteen minutes earlier in the movie he finds another box of tapes in the attic, and it's like extended endings or whatever. Oh yeah, the extended cut. And the extended part is that Bagul was making these kids um, 
filmed the murders like as they were doing them. So it's revealed that the the kids have been doing the killings. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know, I'm not sure if a kid could, you know, chain drag up a car. all those. <laughs> Chain up a car, drag some chairs into a pool. I don't know how realistic that is, but it's interesting. They were possessed. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that could be why they don't show a little girl like hitting the family with an axe, because it is kind of like unrealistic to see a little girl swinging an axe at a family. Yeah. But it uh it, it ties in earlier because she's allowed to paint on her walls as long as she doesn't go into the rest of the house. So what she does is she ends up painting the the walls of the house in like the blood of the family. And yeah, it's a the ultimate form of rebellion. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's like they, they show uh the, the Super 8 footage playing on on the the screen or whatever and they show like the 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 kids walking down a hallway and then bug will finally shows up makes his presence known for the first time in the movie uh, takes the girl's hand and then they walk through the projector and it, it is kind of a dark ending because it's like he took her Bagul clearly clearly won and took the girl yeah continued on with this uh this trend uh, and then had to pop up and look at everybody watching a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, movies like this make having kids seem overrated. <laughs> There's a lot of movies that do that. Like I'm like, you know what? Something I should avoid. <laughs> There's a lot of them where it's like, well, I've if I have a kid, it's going to be like a weird, evil, possessed kid. And <laughs> then what yeah. do I do? I really? think it's a lot. Now my kid's a part of this coven or something. Yeah, whatever's going on here. It's like cult of... You know, it reminds, reminds me of a story. And I'm not saying any names. You know the name. But I know someone who has a kid. <laughs> and this yeah. kid drew himself killing the family and himself in jail. Yeah. And it reminded me of this movie. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 uh, talking about our nephew. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. not saying names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he drew himself murdering his family. It reminded me of this movie. Yeah, you're right. Maybe he's involved in the cult of the <laughs> Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I, th- there are some creepy shots in this movie of the kids, like that one shot where uh, Ellison goes into like his attic, and it's just mm-hmm. the kid, the kids watching Super Eight footage in the attic. And yeah, like that one. That one was great. And there's like scenes of the kids like running in slow motion, and he can't see them. Oh yeah, when he's like searching the house and he yeah won't dare turn on a light. Um, no, because that mortgage is kicking in. Yeah, we gotta, <laughs> we're saved on electric. You got to keep the electric bill low. But yeah, it's so annoying. I like, like, to, I like turn on that. a light. I liked how that was done, minus the dark. Well, I didn't really get bothered by the darkness of the movie. 
Probably because I watched it with the lights off. I mean, I'm just annoyed because it's like you think someone's <laughs> in your in your house and you won't turn on a light. Apparently, there was a snake in the house. Yeah, the snake also ties into uh, the bugle symbol somehow. It's like you saw the snake because of this, and earlier on there was a scorpion in the house, and that ties into bugle. And so I, I do like that, but they are pretty, uh, you know, not bothered by snake in the house. <laughs> Yeah, I for, I for sure would be. I'd they be. didn't even go to kill it. No. Or look for it again. It's like there was a snake in the attic and then they just... Like, Alright. Like, I would go get a hotel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I see a... You know, spider or something, I'm like trying to... I'm trying to, to hunt it down and kill it. Let alone a scorpion or a snake. But, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything else about this movie? Yeah, one more. Um, that guy that he's been video chatting the whole movie. So the guy sends him these pictures, and then he waits until the video chats tell him, "Oh yeah, anybody who sees these pictures gets like affected by him or whatever." Yeah. I'm like, thanks a lot for showing me the pictures. Then <laughs> you could have kept this to yourself. Yeah, that's... Oh, wait. Wait, I didn't even... Wait, so... The the professor shows him the pictures and is like, don't look at these pictures or you're going to die. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. I didn't even notice that. I thought he saw the pictures before. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that, that was uh, the yeah, professor. I that was his first time seeing them. Oh, so the professor is the villain of the movie and is the one who sets, sets this whole plan into motion, is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. I totally didn't even catch that. That was, uh... That's a good catch. All right. Um, yeah, the, yeah the, the whole professor thing is, uh... Nonsense. I don't like it. <laughs> He's he's there to like spell like spell out the, the plot and like spell uh, out the plot and add to the runtime. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, I think that's all I have on this movie. Did you have anything else? No. All right. Yeah, it's a solid movie. Uh, definitely one of the best of uh, one of the best horror movies of the last ten years. I would say probably top twenty or so. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. And yeah, it's unfortunate the sequel was terrible, and then they never like continued on with it. I don't think the sequel was terrible. I'm gonna check it out again because I'm I'm curious. It's not great, but it's not bad. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'll check it out. All right. Would you like to jump into our weekly recommendations? Mm-hmm. All right. It's time to recommend some things you and me were recommending. All right, what would you like to recommend? I haven't really seen too much besides the Paranormal Activity franchise this week. Hmm. Hmm. 
Oh, we did watch a haunting in Venice. Yeah, I won't recommend that. <laughs> and then I watched Bottoms. Okay. Ooh, I can recommend Bottoms. All right. Go for it. It is about these two girls that start a self-defense club in their school to like, hook up with cheerleaders. Pretty much. Okay. It's a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a comedy movie. All right. Yeah, I'm, it, uh... it has the girl that was in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I don't remember her name, her real name, but oh, in the movie, uh, it's Alice. Rachel. Is it Rachel, Rachel something? Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, Rachel Senate. Senate, Senat. Rachel something. Either way, she is amazing. She's like future star. I mean, she's a star already, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean... She should be blown up within the next couple years and being in, like, everything. Because she's great. Okay. Well, I think a who's who of horror movies is that you get put into a Scream movie at this point, so maybe she'll be in Scream 7. Yeah. We'll see. Well, that would be good. Yeah, I think it's a good fit. Or she'll show up in American Horror Story. Yeah. Did you did you start that yet? Not yet, no. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna start watching it. But I didn't get around to it yet either. I'm gonna see how Kim Kardashian does. Yeah, I'm I'm interested. We'll see, I guess. Maybe that'll be a recommendation. Mm -hmm, maybe. Alright, so I'm going to recommend I'm going to stick to like a similar vibe, and I've recommended this before. Uh, the Empty Man from uh, the Lord's Year of uh, 2020. Mm. Um, <laughs> kind of a similar vibe in a sense, I guess, where there is like this weird like entity that is uh, kind of taking over people's bodies, and he has like a cult that worships him, and he is. Uh, Okay, for like a vessel to take over, I guess. Yeah. Is the idea. But I should yeah, revisit the movie. One of my favorite uh my favorite horror movies of the the decade. Ever. One of my favorite movies of the decade, I should say. I love that movie. And I remember <laughs> I remember sending you the link to the trailer and I was like, This thing looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Because the trailer looked like the bye bye man or something like that. And yeah, I love that movie. Uh, the Empty Man, not the Bye Bye Man. I like the but, Bye Bye Man. I'm uh not not really a fan, but hmm. yeah. All right, yeah, I'm gonna recommend the Empty Man, and I was angry because I saw a tweet a couple weeks ago that said the Empty Man was getting a Blu-ray release, but little did I know it was some uh some Twitter hijinks and it was a, a fake tweet and somebody was pulling a on a fast one on the horror community. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You gotta be careful with some of those because my friend always falls for like the fake movie posters. Well, this was like a, um, like a box set 
and it looked legit. Like they uh like it was photoshopped artwork from like an arrow release and it's almost like that it follows Blu-ray that I showed you last week. Oh like, yeah. Like it, it looked like that and it was so well done and I was like, oh my god, it's finally getting a Blu-ray release. And I was duped. Shattered. Yeah. You hate to see it. But yeah, if you could if you could hunt down the empty man, I recommend it. But Yeah, where is it at now? I think you can rent it. I don't think it's on streaming at like a uh like a streaming service. But I think you could rent it on like Prime or something. Hmm. I'm gonna look it up right now. But um On oh, Hulu. Oh, is it on Hulu? It says premium subscription, so I wonder what that means. Hmm. Who knows? <laughs> they have a ton of subscriptions these days. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, you you can rent it. It doesn't say it's on Hulu for me, but I should just buy it digitally. Yeah. That way I at least have it. Although it could take that from you too. You'd be surprised. It's mine. <laughs> because I bought uh uh Super Mario 3D All-Stars a few years ago digitally. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo took it off of the market. So I can't download it anymore. Oh, but if you had it downloaded, it would have stayed. It might have. Maybe that's where you went wrong. It says I could buy it for four ninety nine on oh, Prime. Okay. Oh, well, that's pretty cheap to buy it. It's pro- it's probably like three ninety nine to rent it. That's a steal. If I ever saw one, Halloween steal. <laughs> Just in time for fall. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know if that gives off Halloween vibes or anything, but it's a great movie nonetheless. Has to give off Halloween vibes. Yeah. Has to. I'm sure it does. All right, so <laughs> uh that's gonna wrap up our episode on the empty man. Uh not the empty man. Uh Sinister. <laughs> the empty man coming soon. We could redo that episode if you want. Um, because I think you were sick for that episode, <laughs> and it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Yeah, you were you were sick. You were like throwing up or something, and I was like talking, and you weren't saying anything back. <laughs> was that when I had my COVID vaccine? No, I think it was. I think you had the flu or something. Oh, I remember recording that episode, and even while recording it, I was like. This is miserable to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's, not, that one. he's not even acknowledging anything I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that, that one's a blur. I don't even remember it. Yeah, you, so, were, yeah, you were. That's going to have to be a revisit. Yeah. Pretty much anything in like the first <clears throat> like 50 episodes or so would be a good revisit. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> I'm just that. delete. Delete the episode. Those episodes are all fair game to redo them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so next week, I'm uh, next week's episode would depend on if we see Saw X by the time of its release or by the time we record. 
So we um, have to. Well, uh, what I'm thinking is. Sorry, I had to sneeze. Um, what I'm thinking is we are either going to do Saw X. <clears throat> we are going to do a slasher movie from 1987 called Stage Fright. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that movie? <laughs> Polar opposites. But it's a it's a slasher movie that is like. Going after the uh, cast of like a, a theater play. The screenshot you sent is ridiculous. Because this person <laughs> just jumping in the air. See, you're you're laughing at it, but Oh Henry Bowers is driving by. <laughs> I hear I hear him. I have a list on Letterboxd of my favorite slasher movies of all time. This is up there? Oh it's... yeah, it is. You rated four and a half stars. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. Well, if I, I watch Stage Fright. I'm watching The Gallows with it. Okay. Gallows, why? I've been trying to revisit that. That's about a stage play, too. Okay. Well, Enough. In, my, uh, in my letterbox list of my favorite slashers, I have Stage Fright at uh, number six. Right, right in between mm-hmm. It Follows and My Bloody Valentine. Interesting. Yeah. It's uh, it's great. It's very fun. It's only ninety minutes, and just because you're laughing at it, we're gonna do it. Doesn't these, mean our way. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna do it one of these weeks coming up in October. It's gonna be my Halloween pick. So next okay. week it'll so next. So I guess I'm picking the gallows for one of mine. So it'll be. Stage week, <laughs> even though we're not filming them or recording them together. Is that um? And it'll be a... that was that you... Charlie Charlie thing. Um, I don't I don't know what you mean by that. Interesting. <laughs> what do you mean, Charlie Charlie? Remember that thing, Charlie Charlie? Are you there? No, I don't. Do you even watch horror movies? <laughs> no, it it it's it's funny you mention that because I looked up Stage Fright, and the Gallows is right underneath it. Because they so, feel similar. I mean, I've never even seen. <laughs> is this like an unknown remake that I don't I don't know of? <laughs> no, it's about a um. It's like it's a found footage movie. It's about. Like there was a stage play and there's an accident and someone died. Another ghost is like haunting the set. Okay. Well, thank you for, thank you for finally clearing that up. <laughs> I kept asking, is this the right movie? And you would not answer me. <laughs> but now I know it's the gallows from 2015. Oh, it's the right movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then in 2019, they released the gallows act two. Yeah. That movie's awful has the same rating as the first one. The first one's fine. Okay. I don't even know if I'm really doing an episode on that. Okay. Well, we. Solo <laughs> 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 <Dolo> episode. <laughs> I mean, feel free. I'll, I'll, I'll publish it for you if you want to do a solo episode. <laughs> <laughs>
If I right. did, it wouldn't be on the gallus, but I still want to rewatch that. All right, yeah, that's uh, it's only eighty-one minutes, so maybe I'll check it out. But yeah, so we're know. doing Saw next week, and then Stage Fright after, something like that. I don't know. One, probably Saw next week, Stage Fright eventually. If we don't <laughs> if we don't see Saw by the time we record, do Stage Fright. So How about that. I'm just watching both this week, just to be right. safe. Right. Right. So, <clears throat> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think that's gonna wrap up this episode. Did you have anything else? No. Right. If you want to follow us on social media? You can. On Instagram, we are at Santamira AD Pod. On, uh. No, on Instagram, we are at Santamir After Dark. On Twitter, we are at Santamir Pod. <laughs> Until next time. See, you got me all, all flustered and messed up, all because you wouldn't answer my question about if it was the right movie. <laughs> I don't think I heard you ask it. Oh. I didn't hear the six times I asked you. <laughs> I'm like, is, this, is it the Gallows from 2015? And you just wouldn't give me an answer. Hmm. That was suspense. Right. Until next time. <laughs> I'm Steven, and curfew is now in session. <laughs>